You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Today I'm talking with my friend Amy, the influencer behind the blog Amy Believes in Pink. I've known Amy for a few years and worked with her on client collaborations as well as had her speak to my students. I've watched her journey from landing her dream job at Lilly to taking the leap and transitioning to blogging full time. She has tips on how to make your dreams a reality, shares what it's truly like to be a blogger, and some of her goals for the future. And trust me, she's just as cheerful and happy as she comes across on social media. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. All right. So why don't you tell everyone your name, where you live, and just a little bit about what you do? Of course. So my name is Amy Littleson, and I live in New York City now. Moved here at the end of October, um, and I am a full-time lifestyle and fashion influencer and blogger. I love that. Um, And we're kind of going to talk about your journey during this podcast, but I've known you for a few years now, and I've followed you kind of all along the way. I feel like when you first started with your career, and then now when you jumped in full-time with blogging. Um, So I'm really excited to kind of dive deeper with you. Thank you. And I've so appreciated all of your support over the past years, Patricia. You've always (laughs) just been so wonderful in connecting me with brands and supporting all of my endeavors and just kind of cheering me on. So I I so appreciate that. And I feel like this is such a great full circle moment now. Definitely. So I guess my first question is I kind of like to start from the beginning. So tell us a little bit about like what it was like growing up. Were you always creative? Did you always have this like little entrepreneurial spirit? Did you always love fashion and kind of um, were you helping your mom set the table? I know your mom's like a fashionista and the hostess with the mostest. So tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up for you. Definitely. I think I have this theory where I truly believe that the characteristics you portray when you're little, as early on as being a toddler, I really think that they predict your future passions and interests and even like jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen this time and time again with a number of people. But I think for me, when I was little, I was always starting little side businesses and uh, being entrepreneurial as, you know, as little as, as a toddler, really. I remember um, we have photos of me selling seashells that I painted on the beach at the <laughs> shore. Like I was literally selling seashells on the beach and that just was in me from the beginning. Um And of course, like I had the whole making bracelets and selling them, that whole phase. Um, I did a lot of painting and writing growing up Um, and then into middle school and even high school. I would say those were my biggest creative passions, Mm -hmm. lots of um, creative writing and then watercolor painting. So, yeah, it's always been in me um, to be creative that way and want to make something and then actually monetize from it too. Uh Um, So yeah, I would say that's definitely been my background there. And then of course, like you mentioned, I grew up uh, watching my mom, you know, be this ultimate hostess and um, have people over and always being, you know, setting up for a party and decorating for every season. Uh, So I always was uh, watching that and learning from her, Uh, unintentionally so, but I I really think that I was strongly um, affected by that. Definitely. And I love that you pointed out that you used to sell seashells um, because I did something similar as a kid. I would sell, I would paint pots for spider plants. My mom had like all these spider plants that she grew for some reason. So I would sit at the end of my driveway, which like we live down a very quiet road. So I would probably (laughs) never sell any plants. Um, But I I had that entrepreneurial spirit too. So I, I love what you said that a lot of these traits as a kid, they end up 
you know, coming back either later in life or being what your career is. And I think the shells for you is so on brand for Amy Believes in Pink. (laughs) I know. Like, and I still wear all the seafoam jewelry um, and accessorize like a seven-year-old. So it's, yeah, very. It's all full circle. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) So where and what did you study? Like when it came time to go to college, tell us a little bit about that journey. Definitely. So I went to the University of Richmond um, and I was actually waitlisted there. So I got off the waitlist in the, in May of my senior year of high school. Um, or you know what? It might, even, it might have even been June, Patricia. Oh. It was like so far into the yeah. summer. Um, and I was so thrilled that I had this opportunity to go there. It was my absolute dream school. So I went in that fall really like full steam ahead, full send, like so excited to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I jumped into all of these different things on campus and was really just so thankful for all of the opportunities that were right in front of me. Um, and so I went in thinking that I was going to study a traditional like business administration major mm-hmm. um, and then maybe concentrate in marketing. And so I started taking those prerequisite courses for that major. And I have to be honest, I was not loving it. Um, it was classes like calculus and accounting. And it just, I was not feeling inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really was the only part of my experience on campus that I wasn't completely obsessed with. So I was like, I, you know, there are too many great reasons for me to be here. And then for me to not love my major, that just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So I decided to create my own, um, which, you know, in hindsight is very on brand for me as well. <laughs> and so I designed a major called Integrated Marketing and Communications. And it entailed marketing courses, journalism courses, and then rhetoric and communications courses all into one major. So it really was like majoring in the art of, and art and business of blogging. Uh Um, And I coupled that with a minor in leadership studies. Richmond had the first uh, dedicated leadership institute in the country. So it was a really cool and innovative uh, school to be part of. Then, and um, at the same time, I was developing my blog, which really inspired the major. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. First of all, I didn't know you could create your own major. I don't think my school offered that, but that is so cool. How did you even go about it? Is that something that most schools offer? No, and they've canceled the program, Patricia. (laughs) I think after I left, they were like, let's nix this. (laughs) Because... It was the best of all worlds, and I could pick and choose my courses to design this track. Uh, uh-huh. But I did it because I didn't have any like public relations or creative marketing major. So really, I didn't get a marketing major. Yeah, it's it's so liberal arts, um, which is wonderful because I got a really awesome liberal arts education. I just knew I wanted to be a little bit more specific in my studies. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, they've since canceled it. You can't do it anymore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's know. so I funny. <laughs> yeah. I think more schools should offer that though. I mean, I think there's so oh, much yeah. pressure going into college and, you know, knowing what you want to do and what you mm-hmm. want to study. And a lot of times people pick the wrong thing and, um, you know, switch their majors halfway through or even graduate and then go back to school for something completely different because they realized yeah. it wasn't a good fit. So I think that's a amazing that you were able to do that. But also I think a great lesson there is like, I'm a big believer in like, you create your own opportunities and your own yes. destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like you really you know, saw something wasn't working out and then took charge, created a solution um, of how to make it better. Definitely. And I, one of my favorite like Johnny-isms that my boyfriend says all the time (laughs) is that uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. And I think that's a really smart way of looking at it and interpreting luck. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's kind of an example of that and how I created my major and created that opportunity. Yeah. Yep. You create your own luck, really. 
Yes, I agree. Totally. <laughs> so you mentioned that during college, that's when you started blogging. So tell us a little bit about that. When and sort of why? What was the inspiration that you started your blog? Yes. Yeah, so I started it in the fall of my freshman year. I was actually on fall break in October. And I was really looking for some sort of creative endeavor Mm -hmm. uh, really to take my mind off of all of these prerequisite courses I was taking at Richmond. And I I just missed the writing that I used to do in high school and a lot of those more creative initiatives. So I didn't know anybody who blogged. Um, (sighs) Nobody on my campus did. I followed a few influencers on Instagram, uh, but this was in 2013. It was fairly new. So I just decided to start a website. I remember designing the template on Blogger, and (laughs) I named it I Believe in Pink after my my favorite Audrey Hepburn quote. Mm -hmm. Um, I've since changed it to Amy Believes in Pink. Uh, But that was it. I mean, I just started writing and taking photos and editing it and then learning all of the ins and outs of the corresponding programs you need, um, like MailChimp and, you know, Pinterest growth and all of these different things. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And I didn't tell anybody about it, Patricia. And so <laughs> I went through sorority recruitment at school, um, that like January, because I, I was like, are people going to understand what I'm doing here? It's a website all about myself. Like (laughs) it's kind of a weird, different concept. Of course, now it's so normalized, but Uh I kind of kept it a secret until a few months in. That's so funny. So what, what were you blogging about then when you started? Like, were you doing outfits? Like how has that changed and what did you start at? Yeah. So it was a lots of outfit posts. Um, and then, recaps of my life. I think my first blog post ever is a recap of my fall break. I have to go back and look. Oh my gosh. It was very similar actually to what I'm doing now. It was just almost a direct reflection of what I was doing in real life. I love that. So first of all, when this podcast airs, you need to post an Instagram story of this first blog post. I love when influencers do that. I do. You know what? I think it has my ex-boyfriend in it, my old boyfriend. Oh, from no. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'll have to look back, um, but I'm sure he would get a kick out of it. That is hilarious. Yeah. Okay. So then, I mean, I know this story, but I want my listeners to hear this story. Tell us about your first career. So you, you worked for Lily Pulitzer after college, but it kind of started before that. So Tell us about, you know, your dream for working for Lily and kind of how you got that. Because I think it's so informative, especially if anyone's in school right now and is trying to land their dream job. Of course. Yeah, this is another kind of concept I feel really passionate about in going after something that you believe in and really want. Um, And so growing up, Lily Pulitzer was the first brand I ever knew. Um... I lived in Lily as a little girl, um, would sleep over at the warehouse sales, the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And my mom introduced me to them. Um, so I always had this thought in the back of my mind, like, I want to work for their corporate office mm-hmm. um, and be a part of this company who I've grown up with and just admired so much. So I got this you know, idea in high school and watched their internship program um, and really admired it. And so going into college, I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I want to do. I'm going to go after a role at Lilly. Um, Wouldn't recommend pigeonholing yourself into an idea like that. But, you know, I kind of tend to fixate on things really hard after them. Um, (laughs) It's either like a really good character trait or a flaw um, (laughs) depending on the situation. But I started like manifesting it. I believe very strongly in visualizing something happening um, over and over again, oftentimes years in advance and just believing it will, thinking it will, picturing yourself, you know, getting that job offer, or that call for the interview, whatever it is. 
So there, there was no doubt in my mind. I was like, I'm going for this. Um, and I kind of snuck my way in to an interview when I was a sophomore in college and they were recruiting on my campus, but I was still too young for the internship program. So I stayed in touch with them, um, like the next year, year and a half. Um, and somehow I, I don't even know landed, um, the internship to do their PR and social, uh, the summer leading into my senior year of college. Okay. Um, and then after that, it was a wonderful experience, like truly hands-on. Um, and after that, I was very fortunate enough to receive the return offer to come back and work full-time for them um, and do influencer marketing for the marketing team. I love that. So I love Lily Poulter, and I know a lot of my listeners do, and I know you still do. You still yeah. wear their um, products a lot on your blog. So what's something that when you were there at Lily, you learned that you use today now for your full-time um, job with your blog? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think the way that I developed strategy there and put together proposals and decks, uh, I still use every day now. Um, also the way that I report on things and track analytics and recap campaigns that I do is very similar. So I learned kind of that business strategy, um, and then analytics and recapping part there. And it transitioned pretty seamlessly into my role, um, as an influencer as well. Definitely. And then I want to touch on another point that you mentioned, um, like manifesting things. So tell, I think that's something that not everyone knows how to do or is curious about. So let's talk a little bit about like chasing your dreams and manifesting things. Cause I know obviously you did this with Lily and then I'm sure you did this to blog full time as well. I did. Yeah. So Honestly, what I do first is figure out exactly what this goal is, whatever you want. It could be a a job. It could be um, something more personal in your life. It could be a savings goal, whatever it is. I figure out what that is and then put a timeline or a number to it so it's measurable in some way. And then I'll write it down um, and then speak it into – fruition. So I work with um, a Christian life coach. Her name is Alexandra. And her company is called Grace Space Christian, a life coach um, or life coaching. And she is kind of like my keeper of manifestation. So I'm always telling her, okay, Alexandra, this is my goal for this period of time. I've written it down, but I'm telling you too, so you can keep me accountable Um, And then we work through, okay, what are the action steps I can take now in a few months, whatever that timeline is, to start working and chipping away at it. Um, But then, you know, all the time in my off time, like, I will just picture it happening in my head. I'm a very visual person that way. Um, So I think that's really helpful. And then I would say the last step in this whole crazy manifestation process is giving it all up to God. I would say it's wild, but looking back at all of the best peak moments in my life so far, they've happened literally right after I've been like, okay, God, this is out of my control. I surrender it all to you. Like, take it from here. I like, I'm out of this. (laughs) And then that's when I get, you know, a call about a dream job or this opportunity to do something that I've wanted to do for so long, Um, which, you know, kind of sounds a little crazy, but I'm telling you if I haven't seen it, you know, if I hadn't seen it happen so many times in my life, um, I wouldn't be kind of preaching it this way. But I truly believe working through those steps can help you achieve dreams that you think would be impossible. Mm-hmm. No, I'm definitely going to try this. I feel like I do this informally. Like I just oh, yeah. think about goals, and but I don't necessarily put a timeline or write them down. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of doing that. So I'm going to start doing that, Amy, and I'm going to report back to you. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Like even just writing them down, you are significantly more likely to achieve that goal. Oh, I'm sure. Definitely. On it. Um, I, I would have to look it up, but it's wild. 
Okay. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to report back to you. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I, I like talk about this all the time and truly believe in it. I love that. So speaking of manifesting things, when and why did you decide to start blogging full-time? What was that decision like? Okay. Sorry. I just looked this up, Patricia, and it's <laughs> 42% more likely to achieve oh, wow. results if you write them down. That's insane. That is. Ink.com. And I think that, yeah, that's really helpful because I know when I was in college, the best way for me to study was writing things down versus like flashcards or reading. Like I would have to write things constantly to then get it into my muscle memory. So I feel like it probably has something to do with that then. Totally. You know? Sorry, I'll answer your next question. (laughs) I knew that that would bother me. Um, So I don't want you to think I'm spewing like crazy facts without. (laughs) I trust you. (laughs) Um, so I honestly, I think I got the idea to blog, um, and have that be my full-time job the second I figured out I could monetize it Okay. <laughs> when I was a freshman in college. Um, I didn't go into blogging with the intention of ever making money off of it. In fact, I, I didn't know that that was a possibility, mm-hmm. but as soon as I realized that it was, and it could be a, a legitimate actual business. Uh, it was in the back of my mind, as in, like, you know, this is my ultimate favorite hobby and the thing that I'm most passionate about in the world. So if I can marry that with a business that allows me to do it every day, all day long, I mean, what would be better than that? So I started, yeah, my freshman year of college, and then didn't take it full time into near until I was um, nearly three years post grad. Okay. And so, what was that process like then from transitioning? Were you just, you know, slowly working at getting more paid campaigns and sort of setting yourself up for success that way? Um, did you have like, you know, a date that I want to blog full time by this day? Um, or was it kind of just things happen naturally? So it was intentional in the fact that I was tracking everything. Um, I started consistently tracking my revenue and spending um, in 2018 from it so I could get an idea of of how I was improving um, and growing it year over year after that. Mm -hmm. So I was intentional with my tracking then. And, but there was no like set timeline. Um, I was still really learning a lot and growing in my role at Lily um, and didn't want to leave that. So it honestly happened organically. Um, but I, I was just making sure that I was tracking everything and I was starting to save money because mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I had a cushion when I left my job because it's, super scary to leave a a corporate job where you have benefits and you get paid the same amount every two weeks. Like Mm -hmm. there's really something to be said for that. And I've learned a lot about myself in this process of, of migrating out of that job and, and now working only for myself. And I think one major thing is I wasn't willing to, to bet on the money aspect of it. Um, and I wanted to be secure and know that I could do it a hundred percent by myself. So that was something I really focused on, um, in the years leading up to it. And then Mm -hmm. I also worked consistently with my life coach to make sure that I was ready, um, and do everything that I needed to get myself in a place where I would feel confident blogging full time. Mm-hmm. So we worked on that together, <clears throat> excuse me, for a year before I was even in a place to be ready. Um, and because of my work with her, when it came time to resign um, from Lily, I was like, I felt really secure in my decision. And even in my transition, like I didn't have any mental breakdowns or <laughs> freak out moments. Um And I honestly think that's because of all of the work I did with my life coach the year prior um, with the intention of, you know, maybe this could be a thing and I could blog full time. Yeah. 
that makes sense. So it sounds like you really, you were prepared and it was a little bit, um, it happened naturally, but you know, you had set yourself up for success. Yes. I think it's a huge risk. So I wanted to mitigate that risk as much as I could. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That makes sense completely though. So for someone who might not read your blog or follow you yet, Describe your blog and your social media and, you know, your your influencer business in a sentence. Okay. So <laughs> I run a fashion and lifestyle blog that aims to inspire others to live a more positive and colorful life. I love that. And that actually leads me to my next question. So what's one thing that you hope people leave with from reading your blog or following you on social media, scrolling your feed? Um, What are, you know, these inspiring things or these, um, you're always so upbeat and happy. Like what are some things you hope that they leave with? That's a great question. And I would say very generally, I hope that they leave with a little bit more pep in their step and some helpful, encouraging and inspiring tips and advice that they can implement into their lives in simple ways. I think that's great. And I honestly, when I scroll your feed, it's always so bright and colorful and cheerful. So when I, you know, I'm scrolling through Instagram and your pictures pop up that it does, it leaves a smile on my face and it, um, you know, and I've met you in person. So I know that it's, um, it is who you are actually. Thank like you. you're a very bubbly, smiley, um, upbeat person. Well, so I think I you and your feet. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> Thank you. It's the epitome of like the ultimate, you know, chic preppy hostess and everything you do is just over the top gorgeous. So, Oh, you're so sweet. So how did you grow your audience then? I know a lot of people, whether they have, um, you know, a brand or a store. I think this is something that everyone's always curious about. Any tips on, you know, growing your audience and engaging with them and sort of maintaining that followship? Definitely. I would say that organic growth is much harder to come by now on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're looking for organic, natural, like viral growth, I would say TikTok is where it is right now. Um, but in terms of Instagram and over, you know, me trying to grow my account over the past seven-ish years, it's honestly, and this is like the worst answer, but it's a slow burn and a grind. Um, but if you love it and you're in it for the right reasons, like you stick with it. Um, and I think now more than ever, brands aren't looking at Instagram followers for partnerships. But that being said, if you're really looking to grow and cultivate a community, um, I would say just constantly engaging with other like-minded accounts and then also accounts who you just really admire, um, constantly liking, commenting, trying to support others in the space. And then also doing giveaways that make sense. So aren't like spammy big loop giveaways, but (laughs) um, I think you do a really great job of of orchestrating these, Patricia, especially with your brands. So I think it's always so smart to join up with a brand you know your followers might really love and then maybe another influencer and going in on a really awesome prize that can totally spoil somebody. I think that's a really smart, authentic way to do it. Um, So I would say constant engagement and then smart – honest and like authentic giveaways that give back to your followers are two really like practical ways to start growing. Definitely. Um, I think that's great advice and it definitely is a little bit harder nowadays on Instagram to grow. Everyone's sort of migrating to TikTok, it seems. Yeah. And I don't blame them. Like TikTok is my biggest time suck. Like I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll open the app and then 45 minutes later I pick my head up. I'm like, what time of day is it? Like, yeah. <laughs> I always great. watch these dance videos, even though like I am yeah. such a bad dancer and I'm like, these are so good. I could do this. And then I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> oh I could never. I'm on it, but for like 
um, you know, my, my TikToks are more about like how to hang a gallery wall. Yeah. <laughs> not so much me dancing in a crop top. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. So what would you say the greatest challenge is in your business? Gosh, I would honestly say figuring out the the legal and financial aspects of it um, mm-hmm. have just been a, a learning period for me. Um, and I really want to make sure I get all of that right, especially as now I'm going into my first year of project full time for the full year. Um, but it's it's hard, like figuring out how to, you know, what to calculate and measure and predict for. And my background isn't in finance. Um, so I've really had to learn a lot of that. And I think that's, you know, when I ask this question, that's literally what everyone says. I think most people that I interview, most people who are entrepreneurs, they're that creative mindset and they don't have necessarily always that numbers and figures mindset. So that's what everyone says is the struggle. It's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I love the analytics of it. Don't get me wrong, but I think there is a lot of like legality and, Mm -hmm. and roles and I'm not um necessarily a rule follower until it's like okay I actually have to get my you know stuff together and be on top of this um because it's really important so that's been definitely something I've been focused on uh learning Uh uh-huh so on the flip side to that question then what do you love most about what you do oh my gosh my favorite thing ever is when somebody dms me or emails me and says like it could be anything from I just got this pair of jeans in the in the mail that you recommended and they're now my favorite jeans in my closet. Or I used your interview tips um, for my internship this summer um, and just got the offer. Like that wow. is the best thing to me to hear. So by far and away, like, you know, money aside, content aside, all of that aside, like just hearing directly from my followers that I have help support them in some small way is makes makes it all worth it. Definitely. And I think it's so great how with social media and these platforms, you can connect with people all over the country, all over the world who you might have obviously never met in real life, um, but it gives you this opportunity. And sometimes I always say I have so much in common with these these internet friends, as Will likes to call them, um, right. which is yeah. so great. <laughs> No, it's so true. I think we can find a lot of people um, who are as creative and entrepreneurial and inspiring as we aim to be. Mm -hmm. So what does a typical day look like for you? I actually know you did this on your Instagram stories um, a few days ago, but obviously this will be coming out later. So walk us through just briefly, like some of the things that you have to do on a daily basis, because I don't think a lot of people realize how much time actually goes into, you know, being an influencer and blogging. Yes, I would say I would equate it to being a full service, um, creative agency and marketing team mm-hmm. um, by yourself. <laughs> of course, I <laughs> but that is the gist of it to sum it up. Um, and I've actually worked really intentionally on figuring out a good schedule for my day. Mm-hmm. Um, I start it probably around 839 because I, I sleep in, I stay up late, I'm a night owl. Um, and the first half of my day is focused on more business admin type of tasks, like going through my emails, um, recording and tracking analytics for a variety of things, recapping campaigns that I've done with brands, things like that. Um, And then the second half of my day, usually I focus on more content creation. So either taking photos um, and working with a photographer, photographer, or putting together blog posts and pulling links for products, um, editing images, things like that. Um, And then usually in the evenings, I work on some more community engagement, like answering DMs, responding to comments. Um, I post most of my Instagram stories and Instagrams in the evening. Um, And then I would say usually at night, like post dinner, I work on anything that's 
urgent for the next day, like any emails I've received that afternoon that require an immediate response um, or anything that I want to make sure I get ahead of for the following day. Wow, that's a that's a busy day. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I I love it so so much and um I have started to outsource some things which has been incredibly helpful about mm-hmm. changing actually. So, um that'll definitely be more of a goal of mine too in 2021. Awesome. So where do you get inspiration from? Like, do you like magazines or books or Pinterest? Like what inspires you and where do you find inspiration? Oh yeah, I would say, gosh, absolutely everywhere. Um, I like I, the photos that I save on Instagram are crazy. Um, I'm constantly flipping through coffee table books, um, browsing through websites and styling there I love. Um, and then I usually, honestly, this is going to sound so cliche, but I end most of my nights um, by flipping through Pinterest in bed. I just find it so calming. And <laughs> my Pinterest account is like such a love child of mine where I'm just like always working on it um, and saving things to it. And I just love it. Oh, I love that. I feel like sometimes Pinterest, especially these days, gets forgotten. So I love that, you know, you're an influencer that's active on there. Yes, I think it honestly is like the ultimate place to save, you know, things that inspire you and and looks that I want to try to, you know, recreate, but put my own twist on things like that. Definitely. So I always ask this question to everyone that I interview, but what does preppy mean to you? That's so great. Okay. I I would honestly say that it's timeless with a twist. So classic and effortless styles um, and prints, like a shift dress and gingham, but now I would say more updated and modern. Okay. Um, that's what it means to me. That's a great answer. Um, so you know, speaking of that, then who is your preppy icon? Who like do you just admire their style and love? So I have to say my mom. I thought you were going to say that. I love that. (laughs) You know, I think about other people like Audrey Hepburn, who I, who I named my blog after, um, and Reese Witherspoon, who I love her style. And then there are a number of influencers who I would name as well. But like at the end of the day, if I'm being honest about who I'm most inspired by, um, it's a hundred percent my mom. Like, I am doing things now. Um, like just yesterday in the mail, I got a package of custom throw pillows I had created, and I just am hoarding them under my bed to switch out for this spring. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, this is my first time hoarding throw pillows. Like that is directly from my mother. Uh-huh. Um, so it's just little things like that I keep noticing that I'm picking up just because of her. <laughs> And your mom has great stuff. I've met her a few times and you're always sharing, you know, your family's homes on Instagram and um, shopping with your mom. And she is the ultimate preppy icon. I'll I'll agree with you. (laughs) She loves you, Patricia. (laughs) (laughs) So where do you hope to be in five years? Like where do you see the blog? What maybe are some goals or how do you see it growing? Definitely. So honestly, Personally, in five years, I want to have settled down and start to work on a family. Um, And then for the blog, I would say, you know, I would like to very similar, like build out a team um, and have it span across a variety of entities. Um, I have some ideas of like what that would look like, but I'm, I'm very much in the early on manifesting part of that. Okay. <laughs> so I, you know, I think I would like to make it more of a holistic lifestyle brand um, okay. that spans from my website into products and then other outlets, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of influencers, you know, they're developing their own products or they have goals to do that because yeah. that's what makes sense as an extension of their brand and a way that they can um, provide and service their followers and readers. Definitely. So you've recently moved to New York City. Congratulations again. Um, 
But where are some places you would recommend people go when they visit New York City? And I I know you just moved here and it's kind of different because it's during a pandemic, but I know you're familiar with the city in general. So where are like your three top places, let's say? Oh gosh, I would say, just thinking back to last weekend, um, I went to the new Love Shack Fancy store on Madison Ave and it was beautiful. Um, so I would say that's definitely a good starting point if you want like a gorgeous, aesthetically pleasing in-store experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the holidays, I just went to a really cool bar um, called Oscar Wilde, which is oh. the longest bar in New York City. Oh. Um, so that and it's all decked out for Christmas right now, like over the top. Um, I have an Instagram reel of it that I recently posted. If you want to see what the inside looks like. Oh. And then, gosh, for my third, I, you know, I'm not sure. I haven't been, I mean, one of my favorite, and this is so cliche, but one of my favorite things that I've done in the past a bunch is take my girlfriends to tea at the plaza. Yes. And I always think that's an over-the-top, like, quintessential New York experience, um, a really good thing to do for birthdays. And I, it's definitely on my list to do a fun girls night sleepover in the plaza at some point. Yes. Um, Yeah. I can already think of like the matching pajamas I would want to do and it would be like a whole thing. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to be cliche and say that as my third, but that has never steered me wrong. Definitely. I mean, I think it's iconic, so you have to do that. (laughs) What's one thing you're grateful from 2020? I know it's been a hard year for everyone, but I think we've all learned so much and it's important to look for the good. And I know you kind of believe the same thing. So what's one thing you're grateful for? Yes, I think mostly I'm grateful for the time that it's given me Mm -hmm. um, to realize that there are all of these various seasons of life. Um, You know, there were, there was a time in 2020 when I was working part-time and also working on the blog. There was a time when I was living with my parents. There was a time when I didn't know I was going to be moving to New York, like and what that timeline would look like. So there's been a lot of various waiting periods and seasons in this year. Um, and I'm thankful for the patience that's given me and the opportunity it's allowed for me to take a step back and reevaluate what matters most to me and how to create a schedule that makes me happiest. That's all great. Um, and I think, you know, those are important things that we learn from 2020. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So now my next couple of questions, they're like rapid fire questions. Um, Ooh, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. What's your go-to drink? Oh my gosh. It completely depends on my location and my mood. <laughs> um, but if I had to boil it down to two, I would say if I'm somewhere tropical, a painkiller um, cocktail. And if I'm not somewhere tropical, I would say a glass of Pinot Grigio. Love that. I love that you're a white wine drinker too. <laughs> no, although I'm slowly like getting more into red wine, Patricia. So I saw like, that on your stories and me too. It's like good. quarantine. I don't know. Yes. Something about it. <laughs> We're making our way over to the dark side. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's too funny. Okay. What's your tip for designing um, living in a small space? I know obviously you had to move in with your boyfriend Mm -hmm. now you guys have a place together and you're in New York City so it's you know small living in New York so what's one tip then for that only incorporate the things that you love the very most if you are feeling like meh about something or don't like it if it does not bring you happiness or joy donate it throw it out sell it get rid of it (laughs) That's great advice. And I know you also worked um, with an interior designer. So I feel like that's probably great advice as well. Yes. Um, I worked with Adnan Anwar um, Designs and he was phenomenal in helping Johnny and I mesh our styles together. Um, So yeah, he was really instrumental in, in working with Johnny and me to do that. 
and he can work with people all over um because yeah. i know he, he's helped me source the fabric so oh oh my gosh amazing yes yeah. he's brilliant and has like exceptional taste and it's just a really fun person to work with um mm-hmm. we got really close over that whole process love that so where's the first place that you want to travel to once things are normal again I mean, I had all of these trips booked for last spring. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, we have to make up trips to um, Barbados. I would love to stay at Cobbler's Cove. It's been a, a hotel that's been on my list for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was supposed to go last June. Um, we were also supposed to go to Greece for my sister's graduation. We got to look that up. Um, but I think realistically – I have tentatively booked right now um, a trip to Mexico for my boyfriend's birthday and our six-year anniversary in February. So we'll play it by ear. Um, It could very easily get canceled, but we'll see. Definitely. What's the most worn item in your closet? So I would say for this past year specifically, any fleece or Sherpa I wear – that material is definitely my most worn. Worn, And then any gold jewelry, like my gold beaded bracelets um, and things, gold necklaces, I'm always just throwing on um, and wearing. Yeah, they can spice up any outfit, even a simple t-shirt. Yes. Okay, what are three small brands that you want to spread some love to? So I will list these out. The First, I would say is Daily Disco. Um, They are a brand that my intern actually introduced me to. They're based out of St. Louis and create really fun, customizable masks, Um, like non-medical masks for your face, and Mm -hmm. do custom embroidery on them. So they're so much fun. Um, That's Daily Disco. And then my second one is Adler Greer who does really beautifully um, handmade timeless jewelry. Um, I wear their cluster earrings all the time, um, and they are female-founded. And then the last would be Sun Story, S-U-N space S-T-O-R-I. Um, and they are a Black-owned Etsy brand who, d- who does really fun beaded bracelets um, that you can personalize with like your name or a cute saying um, and stack them on. And I think they're selling their bracelets for like $10 a, a beaded bracelet right now. So oh my gosh. yeah, really, really affordable, um, but also personalized. Love those. I'm going to check all of them out. Um, what's one secret talent or like a fun fact that not everyone might know about you? Okay, so <laughs> this is really timely because Taylor Swift just dropped her second album of the year this morning. Yes. Um, but I once ran into her at a Target in Nashville, um, and she was walking out with her mom, and I was walking in with my mom, and like we had this whole moment in the parking lot where we locked eyes, and it was like everything. Uh, so that is my fun fact. That is pretty aptly timed for today. <laughs> yes. Wait, did you like say anything to each other? I was like, hi, Taylor. Like, I, I was just like geeking out. But she is like my end all be all favorite singer, uh, musician. So I was more like squeaking and she was just like, hi. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> What's an Instagram account that you love to follow? Okay, so I'm going to give you three because I can't – like I follow <laughs> over, I don't know, 1,200 people on Instagram. Um, for inspirational um, artwork, I really love all things Lily Ann. Okay. She's like super bubbly and creative. Um, And then for like a fun meme account that you can really relate to, um, <laughs> it's called Enneagrams and, meme, and Memes. Um, so it's all memes based on your Enneagram. Okay, I love that. <laughs> and then my last one, this is also in the humor category, is Heather K. McMahon. She's a Yes. Yeah. She's just like absolutely everything um, and hysterical. Oh, my gosh. I love those. That's so funny. I, I wasn't expecting you to say these funny ones. I thought you were going to go the influencer route. <laughs> well, you know, 
yeah, I, I feel like I worked so long in that field of like identifying influencers. I could recommend an influencer for any aspect or anything <laughs> that we're looking for. Like, <laughs> well, we could all use some more humor, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it, yes, I have, I could recommend an influencer who's like, you know, in between age 30 and 35 and has a baby on the way. Like, yeah. So if you ever need influencer recommendations for anything, you don't, but I know your <laughs> listeners might. Um, I'm always happy to DM uh, people that I love and follow. That's so fun. Okay, so what is, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but one resolution or dream or goal for 2020? Oh gosh, you know, honestly, I'm hoping to take some time off at the end of this month. Okay. Um, I'll be at my family's home in Florida for Christmas. So I'm really just looking forward to taking at least two or three days like completely off and relaxing, unwinding, reading. That is really my my goal for the rest of 2020. Oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I'm in 2021. Oh, 2021. Next year, yeah, oh yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like can't keep the year straight, yeah. especially because like last this year didn't exist. But yeah, what's yeah. the goal for 2021? <laughs> Short term goal, Patricia. Um, 2021. You know, I'm looking to outsource and, um. Yeah, really outsource more of my work, and I would love uh-huh. to hire a part-time assistant who's based in New York. So I'm, I've been putting that out there as like an idea, and mm-hmm. haven't started looking for somebody yet. But that would definitely be almost an immediate goal for 2021. I love that. So if anyone is in New York listening and might be a candidate, then yes. they can contact you. <laughs> Definitely. I've already had um, a few people send resumes because I I mentioned it in passing, um, but think that will be something that's on the horizon for sure. Love that. Okay. My final question. Tell everyone where to find you. What's your blog? What's your Instagram? All of that. Yes. So I am Amy Believes in Pink on everything. Um, That's easy. Yeah. AmyBelievesinPink.com and then at Amy Believes in Pink for my social handles. Um, I would say, you know, Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok are probably where my best content is right now. And then if you want some more long form writing um, and like all the links to everything, my blog is where to go. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Amy. Thank you, Patricia. This was such an honor to be on your podcast and I can't wait to share it out. Um, Thank you for always being such an inspiring light. Oh, thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 